Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We rock it like we're never gonna see us again It is 10pm straight up and you are listening to Pure Gold Live Extra And I'm here for this Thursday night, July 28th, 2011 Welcome once again to the show that covers sports, life, and everything in between. My name is Joe, just business Buccino, and not my co-host, but my tag team partner tonight is... David Gomez, a.k.a. DG, a.k.a. Mr. Bright Lights, a.k.a. Not just Mr. Media, but Mr. Multimedia. How are you doing, Joe? I'm good. How are you, sir? I'm doing fabulous. Excited to uh, get another Pure Gold show alive uh, underway. Yes, sir. Another month after tonight is in the books, sir, and, and we're on to the month of August. Yeah, it's amazing. All the things going on, uh, you know, obviously trade deadline coming up this Sunday. It's amazing that uh, when we started the show, it was uh, it was December, and here we are all the way going into August, and we are kicking it old school, sir. Yes, we are. Let's give out our Pure Gold fans the contact information, sir. Folks, as always, if you'd like to be a part of the show, and even if you'd like to call in to talk to us, the number is 714-364-4721, our website, puregoldpg.com. And, of course, you can check out our Facebook, our YouTube, which we never go on. Uh, but I think we're going to start using that pretty soon, sir. We'll get into that a little bit later on, what's been going on in terms of the video. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter as well. Thank you, sir. And, you know, when we have our guests, when we have the who's who, uh, and just in terms of, you know, WFAN or even IWF, we have a who's who tonight, sir, in not only WFAN, but also SNY. Who do we have tonight, sir? Yes, sir, folks, we have joining us uh, the one and only Sal Licata, who is currently a contributor for Sportsnet New York, my favorite channel, of course, because the Mets channel. Sal, how are you doing this evening? Good. How are you, sirs? <laughs> hey, <laughs> we are doing good, sir. <laughs> oh man, yeah, you don't think David? I don't think you have enough nicknames there, huh? Yeah, well, you know what it is. Um, it's really just just the first one, but uh, we have a little Twitter war going on with somebody who I shall mention later on, and I'm just trying to you know stick it to him, as it were. But normally, I like to I like to switch it up a bit. Um, so Sal, let's uh, let's get a little background on yourself, considering you know sure. you, got, you got the background on all of our nicknames. Um, well. <laughs> Just so you know, I didn't come up with these questions, but uh, for the listening audience, we'd like to know uh, where did you where did you grow up, and uh, what what did you go to school to do exactly? Are you doing what you always planned to be doing? Yes, um, it's something that I always wanted to do. You were never sure how exactly to go about it, but uh, of course, I was always into sports, much like you guys, much like every fan out there, and I just always wanted to have my voice count. You know, I used to call FAN all the time stuff like that, and uh, just, you know, one day I went to a broadcasting school, and luckily I got an internship with FAN, and then uh, worked my way up for about eight years um, to do what I'm doing now. Hey, that Sal, what was that? I grew up in Long Island. Uh, 
okay. Oh, good. <laughs> what teams did you grow up rooting for? Uh, I grew up rooting for the Mets, the Falcons, Knicks, and Rangers. The Falcons? Yeah, the Atlanta. I used to love Dion. I always wanted to be different. There was a time where I liked the Giants uh, early on, but I always wanted to be different. Remember when, well, you guys are probably too young, but when I was in junior high, starter jackets were really popular. I remember. Um, yeah, and I used to have, like, a, a Falcon starter jacket, and then I just started liking Deion Sanders, and um, I kind of fell in love with the team and stuck with them ever since. Hey, Sal, um, I had a question for you. Uh, how old sure. exactly are you? Because uh, you don't sound much older than us. And, uh, what, are you, like 50? No, 31. Uh, well, you're a year old. Well, how old are you age, guys? So I'm 30, you're, you're, you're 33. Oh, you're younger than us. Oh, really? Jeez, you yeah. guys sound a little younger than me. I'm sorry. Yeah, 31. No, I'm not 50. I think all it must be years... because we're so professional. Oh, of course. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone would attest to that. Oh, of course. Yeah, of course. Uh, Sal, so what, when did you know you wanted to go into radio? Was there something specific, like in your, a point in your life or a sporting event that said, you know, this is the, definitely the career for me? Um, I would probably go back to about 1995, and one of my buddies in high school introduced me to the fan. And I always wanted to be, growing up, I always thought it was going to be the next, uh, you know, Gary Cohen, Marv Albert. I wanted to be the voice of the Mets, Knicks, and Rangers. And then I discovered you know, talk radio and Mike and the Mad Dog, and I just fell in love with it. Like I said, began calling, and I thought that that was a better way to express yourself as opposed to being a play-by-play guy where you're just giving the game. In talk radio, it allows you to get your personality, your opinion out there, and that is something that I really wanted to do. Uh, and then, like I said, I just got lucky, worked uh, worked hard, and, uh, you know, was fortunate enough to be put in a good spot there at FAN and worked my way up for, for several years. So, that, so you're saying, Sal, that... You want to be an on-air host, but then you went into producing. How, how did that like switch? Well, when you get into the business, you everybody wants to be on. For the most part, everybody wants to be on the air, but it doesn't just start like that. And most people right. think, see, and then they see you on the air, they hear you on the air, and they think, oh, look at this lucky guy. He just walked in and got a job. How come I can't do that? What you don't see is the seven years of hard work for no money, all hours, all holidays, basically sacrificing your life to be able to get an opportunity. Now, there are different ways to do it. I'm not the only one. Uh, like, I interned, then cut tape, then did the board, then produced for several years, then finally got a shot to do some part-time fill-ins. Other people have done that, but there are also people who want to be on the air and just go be on the air somewhere. That's where, I would get, if I were giving advice to younger guys, I would say, if you want to be on the air, go do it. The problem is you're not going to be in New York. You have to probably go out of market and then hope to come back. You mean well, like the- <laughs> Yeah. You mean like, for example, your your good buddy uh, Greg Giannotti was out in Pittsburgh now? Right, that's exactly right. And Greg uh, is doing a nice job out there in Pittsburgh, but 90% of the, probably even more than that, have to leave um, to go to another market if you want to, you know, be a talk show. There's just nowhere to go. I mean, you know, we're still in the first generation. Mike's doing his show. Boomer and Carton now are locked in there. Joe's there. Summer's been there forever. Uh, ESPN's really not a good option if you want to be in New York. So there's really nowhere to go. Um you know, it's, it's just there's not, there's not a lot of turnover. So if you want to be on the air, you have to go out of market. Let me ask you this. Uh, this is kind of off uh, off the cuff, as it were, but since you mentioned ESPN, you say they're not a good option because they pretty much cover national sports, or you just well, don't like ESPN? Well, I think – no, I mean, I, personally, if ESPN came to me and said, Sal, we want you to do shows, I would go there. But it's not um, – you're right, it's more national. That's the thing, and I think that it's not appealing to the local market. I'm not so sure they would want – uh, somebody to be a local personality. 
Uh, I think they're looking for different type of people, so I don't think it's a real legit option the way that FAN is. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably why I'm not a big fan of uh, ESPN in general, like uh, like the radio shows. Like Mike and Mike, my uh, my coworker at my day job loves Mike and Mike and puts him on. And I have nothing against them. I don't think they're bad or anything. It's just not my cup of tea. I prefer listening to, you know, Mike Francesa or, you know, somebody like that. But speaking of Mike, uh, I know you told me off the air that you were assistant producer to his show. Mm. Can you tell us what was it like working with, uh, with the, the one and only Mr. Mike Francesa? Yeah, I mean it was great. I mean, I'm I'm just like everybody else out there. I grew up listening to him and, and Dog and uh it was always a dream to be any part of that show. You know, even I was watching guys like Melusis and Carlin behind the scenes. I always wanted to be them. I always wanted to be a part of that family. They used to joke around and talk about it on the air and I would sit in my car and listen and I always wanted to be a part of that family. So to be able to have that happen uh was a dream come true. I mean, you know, Mike it was great to work with. He took care of us. Uh, a ton of times. I mean, you know, whether it's Super Bowl tickets or, you know, All Star Game tickets, and the numerous times he's just taken care of us in, in many ways. It was, uh, it was great, and I really do miss working with Mike. Yeah, Mike is. Uh, you know, I know that this moniker is usually used uh, negatively in reference to him, but Joe and I are huge fans of Mike, and of course, uh, Chris Russo as well. When they call him the Sports Pope, I mean, to me, that's like kind of. You know, I know that it's meant in a bad way, but it's a good thing where he knows he knows the stuff, he knows what he's talking about. Now, let me ask you this: Speaking of Mike and Chris, do you think that Mike prefers, and just your opinion, of course, somebody who knows him personally, you think he prefers doing the show solo, or do you think he uh, he preferred it back when they were together? Because me as a fan, I always liked the, the counterbalance between the two of them: how one was wacky, one was more serious. And mm-hmm. when I listen to them separately, I like them, but just not as much as when they were together. Yeah, well, I mean, I think the show when they were together was as great as you could have. Obviously, it's the best show ever, um, and every model, everybody, everybody that does a show now is based on that. Um, that being said, I think, look, you have to understand they did it for 20 years, so I'm sure that both of them uh, love doing it together, and they also love the challenge of having a, a chance to do it by themselves for a while. So, I mean, uh, I think if you ask them, they know that the show was at, at its best when they were both together. But they each are—I mean—they're they're each great on their own as well. So uh, I'm sure, though, that they, there's a part of them. I remember talking to Dog, and, and he wanted to challenge, and there's a new challenge for him to be by himself. And I'm sure Mike felt the same way, right. and he's proved to—he's can continue to be number one with the ratings. So, Sal, so you're, you're also mentioning how you know if you want to make it as an on-air on-air personality, you're going to probably have to go out of New York. Uh, but mm-hmm. just that brings me to my question about the whole like the last two years how WFN has been doing the fancy phenom. Do you think that it's been a success, and do you feel like that's the best way to find talent for an on-air personality? No, I don't. Um, I think that that, uh, I don't know whether it's been a success or not, um, but I definitely don't think that's the way to find a personality. I think you have to develop people. It's hard. There are not a lot of people that do it, but look, all I can say is this. I remember when I first started there, I thought that I could be good on the air. Looking back, there's no way that I could be anywhere near where I am right now without learning every single thing all those years, just behind the scenes, absorbing different things, then getting a chance to host shows. And I was brutal when I first started. Learning from your mistakes, though, and trying to develop, the only way you could learn and develop your talent is to go do it. So the best part is to look for people who are doing it in other markets. That's where you find talent. Yeah, I mean, me and Dave actually tried out this year, and we went to Menlo Park, and we just felt that the whole setup was like almost like doing a stand-up comedy bit. Like mm-hmm. we almost felt like the best way to try out for an on-air personality is to 
have like Chernoff or Spitz, who were there at the time, like do a fake call, see if you could handle taking a call and ask some questions and bounce off with the you know the caller. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure there are better ways to do it. But you have to understand that this is a business too, so. Right. Um, you know, they they did. I think it's a good idea, and it's getting people involved. And the kid who won last year apparently got like a year contract. He was doing shows on the fan. Yeah, that's a dream sure. come true. Look, I worked there for eight years. He's done more shows than I ever did. So, I mean, yeah. it, it could be a great it could be a great opportunity for somebody. I just don't think that that's. Um, I think it's more of a gimmicky way to develop somebody. Uh, but you can find someone. You never know. You know. Yeah, that's true. And sir, how has uh, been? You know, how's your experience been at SNY so far? Uh, for me, it's been the best time of my life. I mean, I love FAN, and I, I miss a lot of my friends over there, and I would love to be able to do shows over there. Um, but coming here, I'm finally doing what I've always wanted to do. And uh, I love the atmosphere. Everybody here is great. They let me be myself. It's just, uh, it's honestly, it's the best time I've ever had in my life. And I'm not here all the time, but I, I love being over here, and I love getting an opportunity, and that's exactly what they've given me. I couldn't ask for anything more uh, from SNY. Good. Good or bad, though, what would you say is the biggest difference between the fan and SNY? Um, well, I'm just, for me, it's just doing what I want to do. I mean, at, at FAN, oh, I was okay. behind the scenes. You know what I mean? At FAN, I was a producer, maybe a fill and host. I only did like five, six shows here. I'm on the air. And, and that that's, to me, personally, the biggest difference. Folks, we're here talking to the one and only Sal Licata of SNY. And, uh, you know, we're asking him some, uh, you know, trying to get to know Sal on more of a personal level. Um, Sal, let me ask you this. Um, I know you mentioned Mike, of course. Uh, would you say there's anybody at FAN or even SNY who's been a uh, mentor to you? And who would you say has been your biggest supporter in terms of uh, your career so far with these companies or anywhere else you may have worked? Uh, I'd probably say it's Francesa because uh, Mike was the first one to give me uh, a shot. I remember one day I was talking with him in the newsroom or something happened or maybe he asked me to go on the air and, and with him and dog as a guest and he thought that uh, he saw something in me that he thought I had some ability to be on the air and then um, got me some shows at the fan on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve and then years later when I was on his show he allowed me to do the football picks with him which was a huge thrill to be able to do football I picks remember on football front. Yeah, and, you know, so that was a big thrill for me, and uh, he gave me that opportunity, and then I got some more shows. So I would say Francesca more than anybody has, uh, you know, probably been my biggest, uh, the biggest influence on me. And he's given me advice, too. Anytime I needed it, he's been great. But there's been a, a bunch of guys. You know, Malusis obviously, has done it. Carlin has helped me here at SNY. Um, so really a lot of the guys. But Mike, in the beginning, was, was more so than anybody. Okay. Um, you know, actually, sorry, Joe, you know, actually, Moose is our first guest that we had when we first started the show, uh, you know, back in December. I think we had him on in January. I forget exactly when, but Moose is our first uh, WFN guy, and he was great. I mean, other than the fact that I think he was he was uh, really sick or something, coughing up a lung, but aside from that, when he was on the air, he was great, you know, and I love listening to Moose. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his, so I just wanted to... Uh, Throw that out there since you uh, since you mentioned the the one and only Moose. Yeah, well, I'm close with Moose and I work with him obviously here at SNY now, but we're yeah. close friends anyway. He's he's got to get a shot. If something that FAN needs to open and get him on the air a little re more regularly during the daytime. Definitely, definitely agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love uh, Mark on was it like Sunday into Monday morning after an NFL week has been completed. He does a good job with the uh, you know the wrap up and all the highlights of the games. I like that part that Mark does. Mm-hmm. And well, he's would, very good, you, yeah. Yeah, he's definitely good. Um, would you say does Mike still keep in touch with you now and and still give you some feedback? Uh, I sent him a card for Christmas and uh, 
and got some feedback back from him, yes. But uh, I haven't spoken with him in a while. He's been busy. I've been busy, so I have not reached out to him. But uh, just just through via letter recently. Gotcha. He's also given up uh, the show on NBC, mic'd up. Is is there any reason to we Me and Dave were, like, stunned when he... He stopped doing that show on on Sunday night. Yeah, I mean, he just he said it on the air. He just that he wants to be home with his kids uh, okay. more now and stuff like that. So I mean, I don't know. I haven't spoken with him, but I'm just assuming because he wants to spend more time with his family. Gotcha. What would you yeah. say, Sal, is your ultimate goal professionally? Um, that's a good question. I mean, I love what I'm doing now. I just want to do more of it. Uh, gotcha. I'd love to be able to. I'd love to be able to stay at SNY and, and do as much work here as possible. And then, ideally, you'd want to have a, a radio show on top of that. But of um, not sure if you could do both. You know, may have to go out of market and get a job. Not sure. But uh, I don't know. I'm still undecided because I love what I'm doing now. You know. Gotcha. And what would you say is m- most important? Like, uh, would you say networking in the business, or would you say having that degree in communications to fall back on? No, I don't think a degree. I don't have a degree. I didn't go to college, so oh. I don't think it's a degree. I think that it's. Um, I think that you have to want it more than anything else in life, first and foremost, and dedicate your life to it. Give up everything, and when I mean everything, I mean everything: social life, family. You basically have to dedicate yourself to it, and then after you do that for several years, uh, with no pay and, and, like I said, no free time, other than dedicating yourself, then you have to have the ability. At some point, it will get tested. You'll get your shot if you work hard, and then uh, you either have it or you don't. And some people do, some people don't. But you'll never find out if you don't give everything you have to get that opportunity. Yeah, that's definitely some some wise advice there. Sound you know from somebody who is uh, is in the business, and you're you know you're you're on your way doing what you what you love doing so much. It's, it's good to hear because there's so many people who, you know, got, even guys like us, but not even specifically us, but so many people out there who want. Like the guys at the Fantasy Phenom, we we made some connections over there. Got to talk to some of the guys online because we ended mm-hmm. up going at like six in the morning or wherever it was. We were online for like twelve hours or what it seemed like. And uh, so many guys who have their own show and do the internet show and you know they're trying to to make it in the business. So it, it's good advice for for so many different people. And of course we we really appreciate you coming on. I know that you have your uh, your business on it mm-hmm. and why you need to get to. Uh, so you know we we absolutely uh, appreciate the time that you you spent with us and hopefully we'll be able to get you on again. So we can ask you some some current sports uh, things because you know today we sure. kind of wanted to just get to know uh, you know the, the man the man behind sure. the game as it were. Sure, I appreciate it, Joe and David. And another thing here, stay positive. You guys, if you really want a career uh, in this industry, you have to understand there's a lot of negativity. Really, there is in life too. Of Make course. sure you stay positive. And do, if I, had, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people thought had told me that oh, there's no way you could ever do this, and there's no way you could do that. And uh, I am living proof of it. So uh, you you can do it. I mean, anything is possible as long as you dedicate yourself to it and stay positive. All right, boys. All right, sir. Thanks, <laughs> All right, guys, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate, did you like that little inspirational speech there? Uh, I loved absolutely. it. Absolutely. <laughs> I feel inspired already. You should. All right. All right, Dave, <laughs> Joe, I got to go. I'll talk to you guys later. All right, Sal. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs> Folks, he hangs up on us on the air. <laughs> that was the one and only Sal Licata, formerly of WFA, and now currently with SNY. Pretty soon he's going to be an intern here at, uh, at TG, so... Uh, that was some good stuff, sir. I have to admit, Sal, uh, Sal did a good job, and you know I appreciate what what he said. I just thought it was funny when he's like, you know, when uh, you guys probably don't remember. I'm thinking, how old is this guy? What is he like, 85 years old? And then when he said 31, I'm thinking, Jesus, he's, he's probably a couple months older than I am. 
<laughs> yeah, and he's younger than me, so that's crazy. Yeah, well, you're an old hag, but that's kind of besides the point. But I thought he really, he really uh, captured some good advice, sir, because... You know, we talk about this. I know that when we spoke to Moose, uh, we we briefly asked him, but this was kind of just asking Sal and getting his take on how you can make it in this business. And I think that he really, not only was he uh, inspirational, I mean, I feel inspired right now, (laughs) uh, you know, to just just go and and make it happen. But he really, uh, you know, he was able to share his experiences. And it's always good to learn from people who are doing what you want to do. And, of course, you you and I have discussed this uh, ad nauseum. You know, that's our ultimate dream. As a matter of fact, sir, I just I was reading this book right before the show started. It's a book on leadership by John Maxwell. He's a, he's an author who specifically focuses on leadership. And one of the things he mentions at the end of the first chapter is to write down five uh, goals that you may have in life that may take you more than a year to accomplish. And one of those was was that I put was uh, being a sports talk show host but actually getting paid for it, something either full-time or part-time. I mean, because really, as, as we've discussed, that's a... Uh, that's the dream, man. Just make it happen. It's definitely the dream, and it was definitely great to have Sal on because not only, um, you know, not only did he give us his take, but we got to know a little bit more about the, you know, about the man, the myth, the legend, Sal Licata. And I just, I just, it's refreshing to know, DG, that um, we're not the only ones that have some views on, you know, certain contests as, you know, what we're referring to with Sal. And it's just good to know that he, even he doesn't agree with everything that they do, uh, even though he worked with the company for so many years. No, it it definitely is. It's definitely a refreshing thing, sir. And I wanted to ask Sal about the the big trade that the Mets made, of course. So uh, we need to we need to dive into that. And, uh, you know, we were going to have Todd join us, but uh, Todd is too busy eating a, a Bubba burger and some wings right now, so he's not able to join us. But, sir... I mentioned this to Sal when he ripped me on the nickname thing, and you know what? I gotta bring this up. After our last show, apparently we had—not uh, apparently—we had Flex Freeman on with us. The, the great Flex Freeman, the legend Flex, Flex Freeman, who is uh, you know doing a great job over there at IWF, and he is now the current, the one and only, um, you know, IWF heavyweight champion. He's also the American champion. And uh, well, it's caused a little uproar in the uh, in the IWF universe, sir. Yeah, who's um who's now trying to get some cheap heat off of us? Well, apparently the one and only Dim Lights, Jarrett Foster, uh, is trying to you know get in on, on the pure gold action. I mean, he saw our he saw our video. He heard he heard our video. What am I what the hell am I talking about? He heard the show. He heard it. You know, he was impressed, of course, with how great we are and how. You know, much flex is ripping him, but apparently it got his uh, something. Uh, you know, his uh, undergarments in a bunch because he's he's been hitting us up on Twitter for the past couple of days, ripping us. This guy who is basically just a Miz wannabe. You know, looks like the Miz probably. Uh, you know, imitates the Miz in the mirror right now. He's looking at I'm the Miz and I'm awful. You know, and he's over here just talking smack. And I'm actually amazed, sir. I'm amazed at what's happened. We even have uh, Larry Lawson, who, uh, you know, uh, yeah, go, go take the neck brace off there, Larry, if, if you haven't already after what Flex pounded on you. You know, we've got all this stuff going on with the IWF, and I have to say it's pretty interesting. The last thing I expected, sir, was to be involved in a Twitter war because we had the IWF heavyweight champion on our show. <laughs> Very true. I mean, did you call him Dim Lights, by the way? I, I didn't get that. Yeah, I did. Uh, his his actual moniker is Bright Lights Jarrett Foster. And 
I mean, to be quite honest, I actually like the name. It, it works. It works as a wrestler, I think, because you know when you th- when you think about wrestling names and we talk about this ad nauseum as big wrestling fans, these guys have horrible names. Apparently, Tyler Black, who's in uh, FCW, actually picked the name Seth Rollins. I have no clue why, but that's an awful name. It's a terrible name for a wrestler. They just call him Deuce McGillicuddy or you know Buster Mc uh, McDumpy Pants or something. Just horrible. But I like the name Bright Lights Jared Foster. It's too bad the guy's not that bright. You know, he he ripped us on on his video. Uh, you know. Wondering who took the video, by the way. I don't know if it was Larry Ross and probably held it right above his uh, neck brace. But, uh, you know, sir, it looks like uh, Pure Gold might have to go over there and raid the uh, IWF, as it were, and uh, possibly take the tag titles. <laughs> yeah, are you challenging Bright Lights and Aaron Stride? Look, I'll, I'll challenge anybody, anytime, any place, anywhere, except for Fleck, because Spikes will kill me. And he's got the size <laughs> to back it up. I mean, he's my boy, but if I have to low blow him, I will just to take the title. But, yeah, you know what? Let's throw out an open challenge. Anytime bright lights or dim lights or whatever his name is wants to come on this show, don't sing it. Bring it, buddy. Just bring it. The one thing I can say about him, though, aside from the fact that, like I said, I like his uh, his wrestling name, is um, he definitely knows how to get some uh, – he knows how to create some buzz and get noticed. So I have to give him some, some kudos on that and uh, – you know, like I said, he's got the whole Miz thing going. His, uh, his video was entertaining, other than the fact that he's, you know, ripping yours truly and, of course, uh, you know, the one on JB. So uh, I think we're going to have to head out there to the IWF arena and uh, lay the smackdown, sir. Yeah, I think before we do that, I do think I know you're you're letting your emotions take the better of you, but I think we do, we do need to have uh, Bright Lights on and give him his due since we gave Flex his do and interview this guy and just see what he's all about. Well, I know he could call in any time because the number is 714-364-4721. Sir, the only <laughs> do that he needs to get is doo-doo because that's what he's full of, sir. I'm not letting my emotions get the best of me. All I'm saying is the truth, and the truth shall set you free if I can quote <laughs> another wrestler, sir. You you can, and, and you're right about Bright Lights. He does know how to create some you know, some cheap heat, and I give him props for that, and hopefully he can make it in the business and make it as the next Miz. It would be awful to be called Miz Jr., but, hey, whatever <laughs> it takes to get into the business. Well, I actually think he's the Miz's uh, personal assistant, valet, if you were. Uh, you know that uh, now that Alex Riley doesn't have that position, I think that uh, Bright Lights is going for that uh, that coveted post there. <laughs> he might be. So, you know, the challenge is out there, PG, and, you know, we might need some backup, so... uh if Kevin Knight is listening, we might need some uh, special enforcer in in our corner against that match. Of course, uh, of course, but uh, you know, sir. As we move on from from some wrestling talk, um, and of course, folks, check us out. Check out the Twitter war that I, I speak of, Pure Gold PG at Twitter. And, for, and just for, so everybody knows, the show is actually called Pure Gold. It's not called Pure Gold PG. I know that that's all of our monikers, but the fact is that when I tried to make a, a, a Yahoo uh, an email for this for this show. Pure Gold was taken, so we, you know, the show's PG. We threw it on there. I just find it funny when people refer to us, hey, Pure Gold PG, you got your Pure Gold PG. The show's called Pure Gold. But aside from that, um, you know, some good stuff there, of course, on Twitter. Uh, you can check out puregoldpg.com, where we actually linked the video that he posted, and I'm sure after tonight there will be some other videos coming, sir. But moving on from that, as we close out this show, uh, and of course, we appreciate Salakata who came on. Great guy. Awesome man, inspirational, the man, the myth, the legend. I have to throw this out there, sir. Uh, the New York Mets made a huge, and I mean a huge, a black, a best trade 
this weekend. And uh, you know what? Some good stuff where – and I'm kind of sad because I like Carlos Beltran. Uh, he's one of my favorite Mets after that whole incident with 06. Eventually I came to forgive him. And, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Carlos's. Um, and for those of you out there, those morons who think that Carlos Beltran – and I heard Evan went nuts on somebody yesterday on his show – ripping this fan for talking about how uh, Beltran wasn't clutch and he, he was a bust. He was not a bust. He was a very good player. Um, yeah, we remember him for that, that curveball that he took the 06 series and amazingly enough, one hit, sir, and the Mets would have probably won the World Series that year. Can you imagine that? But anyway, here we are. Beltran was a good Met, and he got back an amazing, I, I think an amazingly talented prospect. And uh, from the reports on Twitter and everywhere else, the Mets really got a great deal because, all right, they paid the $4 million left in his contract, but they got the top printing prospect in the San Francisco Giants organization. And if there's one thing I can say is that the Giants know how to draft pitchers, sir. They sure do. And I think the, the trade was – I mean, let's give me some props, though, before I get into my little analysis – where did I say Carlos Beltran was going? Listen, listen, I'm not giving you any props, all right, you tool, because everybody was saying uh, the Giants, they were the favorites. So I, you didn't say anything that anybody else wasn't saying. I was just hoping and praying that the Mets didn't trade him to the Giants just so you can shut up. All right, like bright lights, I'm giving myself props because I am the man, the myth, and the legend because I did call that he would be going to the San Francisco Giants. But let's face it, folks, that trade was a good trade for the Mets only for the fact that they got a great pitching prospect in Wheeler back, and they have a shot in re-signing Beltran to a contract that the Mets can actually afford next year. So it could actually be a win-win in the end for the Mets. Yeah, you know what? So I doubt that Beltran is going to come back as much as I would love him to. I doubt the Mets are going to re-sign him. But the reason I like the Wheeler, the Wheeler move is, like I said, because the Giants know how to draft pitchers. It's one thing they've always been good at. You know, look at uh, Madison Bumgarner, great name by the way. Look at. Um, Matt Cain, look at Tim Lincecum. I mean, Lincecum was actually drafted like three different times by like, you know, three different teams, but he ultimately became a first-round draft pick for the San Francisco Giants. And look at him now, other than the fact that he kind of sucks as we speak. But Lincecum, you know, won the Cy Young, you know, last year. As a matter of fact, he won two years in a row, hasn't he? I think he was, yeah. He's the two-time Cy Young winner. And that's amazing, you know, and, and – this is the organization that the Mets got this pitcher from, and I love the fact that the Mets actually got a top prospect. They didn't have to settle for a Bratwurst and a Johnsonville and, uh, you know, a bubble burger and a box of balls like they got for uh, for K-Rod. The Mets, actually, the Mets actually held out, and they got an amazing an amazing prospect. And could you imagine, sir, in a couple of years, this guy at the top, and they, uh, they were saying today in the fan, Moose was saying that this guy is uh, is at least a two uh, you know he's projected to be at least a two, if not a one. Can you imagine him, the Mets' top prospect now, Matt Go- Matt Harvey? Well, now he's the number two pitching prospect. Imagine those two at the top of the Mets' rotation. That would be fantabulous. Yeah, when you throw in uh, Dylan G and uh, Nice, John Nice. I mean, that's a pretty good rotation in a couple of years. I agree, sir. And of course, Pelfrey will hopefully will be gone by then. Uh, Johan will be gone by then, but to have that as a nucleus, the possibility, and I, you know, I mean, possibility of having that there and, and actually panning out. And, and what I love about it is the fact that he's not a Met prospect and he wasn't drafted by the Mets because Mets pitchers usually don't pan out. So the Mets got this guy from an organization that actually knows what they're doing. So, uh, you know, in terms of drafting, so I love that. So I have to admit. Very true. So with only three days left in the trading deadline, I mean, I think the only other Met that might be traded is Mike Pelfrey, sir, and. Um, 
after that, like I said, you know, after all the trades are done and over with, and if Pelfrey's out of here after the trade deadline or right out before the trade deadline, out of here, then the, the, then that's the end of the, the Mets talk, I think, for the year, and then we can just focus on some football. Yeah, well, unless, uh, you know, we could always ask and see our next guest, uh, you know, next week. We could always talk about that, uh, maybe mention a little bit of Mets. But, yeah, you're right. The Mets pretty much done for the for the year. What I like about this team, though, sir, and I don't really want to get into this because we're trying to keep this a uh, short show with so many other things going on. Um, I like the fact that the Mets are never say die. Even today when they had a big lead, they almost blew it. They, they hung in there and got Izzy going for save number 300, you know, soon. The Mets, the Mets don't quit. They lost Beltran. They lost their best offensive player, and here they are just continuing to win. And uh, I got to admit, I love it. I think it's great. I mean, the Mets are a team that they're really, uh, they really don't quit. I mean, it's good to say that um, in a way, but I'm going to play devil's advocate and say that, yeah, let's see what this team does if they were in contention for the wild card or in, in contention for the division. Maybe they have, they're playing so loose because nothing's on the line. I want to see this team with good starting pitching in a year or two, like you said, they should have some good starting pitching, and hopefully they add a batter to um, cost-effective, obviously, because they can't afford too much. And let's see how this team is when they're actually playing for something. Uh, right now, it's easy to say that they never give up, but they're also playing for nothing, sir. That's that's true. That's a good point. Um, you know, you, you tend to make some good points on the show uh, every once in a while, so I will have to agree with that, but all I'm saying is that it's nice to see the Mets not giving up, sir. That that's all I'm saying. All right, can you just can you just calm down, sir? Can you calm down? <laughs> I can give you that. I'm just uh, you know a little on edge today because uh, my Jets are hopefully going to sign Nandi Asamoah, and by Tuesday next show, hopefully I could say that we have the two best corners in the in the game, and hopefully you know that could uh, spell some big things for the Jets this year. Well, hopefully, you know, and I'm not a Giants fan who likes to rip the Jets. I actually because of you, really. I hope that the Jets do a good job, and, and I do tend to root for them, so I'm hoping that they'll, they'll make it happen. Um, but what about Angel? <laughs> and who am I? Oh, my dad, yeah. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, who? Which Angel? Angel. <laughs> oh, you mean Angel from Wonderland Park. Oh, okay, yeah, you're talking about him. Sorry, I got I got confused <laughs> with my, my uh, father. Um, <laughs> I mean, we're not That's talking about right. Belleville or anything, but aside from that, uh, you know, we're, we're very professional, as Angel always likes to say. I, sir, I think that, uh, you know, if the Jets were somehow able to pick up uh, Asamoah, and what a name, by the way, um, it, it's like basically impossible to, uh, it, it's basically <laughs> impossible to uh, to spell it out unless you really, really look at it, because I'm like, what? What is this guy? I mean, you know, I'm not trying to be funny in terms of making fun of a guy's name. I just had no clue how to spell it, and we were talking about it yesterday. I, I, I completely butchered it, so, um, you know, good stuff as always. But if the Jets were able to land him, it would be huge. I would love it personally as a as a New Yorker and uh, you know as your, your friend, of course. But could you imagine? I know that the uh, a bit of a surprise that Chad Ochocinco or Chad Johnson, as his uh, you know mother and father named him, uh, he ended yeah. up to the Patriots. Amazingly enough, but you know what? If the Jets have those two the two best corners in the league, I mean Chad is going to be nothing but a fly on the wall, sir. I agree with you. I mean, not only did the Patriots sign Ultra Cinco, but they also got Albert Hainsworth from the Redskins. So, the, you know, every team seems to be making a lot of moves with this new salary cap, this new bargaining agreement that they just recently signed. So uh, the NFL is really going to have a lot of updates, and that's what Todd's update on Tuesday is going to be about. That's why I know you said that Todd didn't want to show up or anything, but I made the executive call and just told him to show up on Tuesday with all the updates in terms of, all the NFL moves, the signings, and you know where's go, where the person's going, and for how much. So 
Todd will definitely update us all about that on Tuesday. Yeah, well, I, I don't care what you say. Todd is eating a pizza right now. Todd is stuffing his face, and Todd is, uh, you know, dropping the ball left and right. But, sir, as we put a, a wrap-up on a on this show, an abbreviated show, um, you know, like I said, I thought the Mets made a good move. Very excited about that. Uh, hoping Zach Wheeler does pan out. Um, do you have any clue how long, uh, you know, what's left in the contract for uh, for Ocho Cinco? Because I know that you got your boy, uh, uh Haynesworth, who ended up going to the, the past, but Alfred, Alfred Haynesworth is a tool. He's an absolute tool. He's a waste of space. And now that, um, what's his name? Uh, it was a Barry Coldfield for the Giants who ended up, my brother was, I spoke to him yesterday, he was furious because he's like, you know, these guys talk about winning, and then look at him, he's going to the worst run organization in football. I mean, you know, I guess here comes the money, as Shane McMahon would say. Yeah, it's true. I'm not sure what uh, Ocho Sigo got, and, uh, We'll find out. Unless you know, we'll find out on Tuesday. We'll we'll tell to all our fans on Tuesday. Well, apparently the the Bengals get a, a couple of draft picks, one this year, one next year, which of course they remain uh, unknown. And considering that the the Patriots are the better teams in the league, they're not going to be top uh, draft picks, but still good enough. Um, you know, we'll we'll see what happens with that. But like I said, if the Jets get Asamoah, then there's no there's nothing to worry about because they are going to lay the smackdown on Chad and every other receiver from here all the way up to uh, New England, sir. Let's hope so. And as busy as the signings are that are happening, like, as we speak, you know, we have a busy month of August, sir. Oh, yes, we do. We have quite a few guests. And we have a man that we mentioned tonight, um, but I'll get to that in a second. Uh, this coming Tuesday, we should have, and it's it's not 100% confirmed, but it's like 98% confirmed. We should have Neil Best of Newsday joining us. We're going to talk to Neil about everything with the uh, the trading deadline and what happened with the you – know, we'll ask him about the Beltran, Beltrani and uh, – Zach Wheeler, of course, we'll see if the Yankees do anything, and we'll, we'll kind of go around the horn with that. Um, then we have Mr. Greg Giannotti, who, as I see now, is actually tweeting left and right. Um, <laughs> this guy loves it. He's going to be on our show on the Thursday show, the 4th. The following week, we'll have the one and only Dominic Greco of the aforementioned ESPN joining us. We're also going to have, uh, in the, the third week, uh, fourth week, actually, of a uh, of August, we're going to have the one and only giant legend, giant all-time great, Leonard Marshall, number 70, and a monster super show, a super PG Extra, Thursday, the 25th, we are going to have the one and only Dave LaGreca, younger brother of Don LaGreca, the co-host, the other co-host of Busted Open on Sirius XM, because of course Doug has been on our show like 50 times, and we're going to have the one and only, sir... Can, can I can I say who it is, sir? Yeah, you can definitely. We're gonna have WWE. I, I think I could use the word legend. The one and only B A Billy Gunn joining us, and I you know I'm not gonna repeat what his nickname is, but a bad A to that double crooked letter. Billy Gunn, one of my all-time favorite wrestlers, sir, and I was a huge fan of his in the Attitude Era. Um, he's gonna be joining us, so we're gonna have a super show, a wrestling show that day. I mean, maybe at that point, maybe old Bright Lights will be able to weasel his way on. But uh, that's going to be an, an awesome show, sir, so I'm really excited about that. And uh, we're just excited about this entire month, that we're going to keep the, the guests coming. And apparently, as I look here at Twitter, uh, Mr. Bright Lights, not only did he tune in, but he's preparing a, a new Twit video. <laughs> twit. <laughs> Speaking of Twits, definitely <laughs> Bright Lights. But, folks, as always, we appreciate you joining us here. Again, for another abbreviated version of Pure Gold. Thursday, for the most part, we're going to keep them short and sweet. But it's good stuff. Good stuff, as always. Um, 
I have I have a looks like Pyro Falcon is not too thrilled with Billy Gunn. I'm gonna have Billy Gunn hit, hit him with the, the famous there because uh, he's giving me some attitude here on the uh, on the old horn. Um, you know, I'm just, you know I think we're gonna have to just take Pyro off the off the air. We're just gonna have to get rid of him, sir. But of course, check out the Summer Sizzler this weekend. Not go not don't go to the Sizzler. As a matter of fact, go to the Sizzler after you check out the Summer Sizzler at the IWF this weekend. We'll see uh, Bright Lights get his life knocked out by Flex Freeman and the rest of the crew over at the IWF. And you're going to get to some good matches. Flex will be defending as a newly won heavyweight championship for the first time. And, of course, we're huge fans of the IWF. And we're going to be making an appearance very soon there. So, uh, Jared Foster, we are coming for you. And, Pyro, if you were here right now, I would whip you like a government mule. Folks, thank you for listening to Pure Gold. JB, you have anything before we close this bad boy out? I think for Pyro, I mean, you're forgetting an easy catchphrase, but if you're not down with Pure Gold and Billy Gunn, we got two words for you. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely, yo. (laughs) Or that. (laughs) Folks, for JB, this is DG of Pure Gold. Again, thanking Salakata, thanking you, the listening audience. Everybody, check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Facebook. Check us out our month-old YouTube videos. As a matter of fact, I think we may have to get some new ones going because of this little internet feed we have. But, folks, we appreciate you listening. Check us out next Tuesday as we interview Neil Best of Newsday. And once again, thank you for tuning in to Pure Gold. And remember to always keep it PG. Good night, everyone.